Welcome to the Artist Notepad, where we explore artistry, we talk life, and we talk the way you make me feel. I'm Jack. And I'm David. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of our Deep Turn series. Today we're talking about the way we feel. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking about (laughs) the process of growing up. We just us today. Um, but yeah, first, Jack, as always, how you doing, my friend? How you doing? Yeah, man, I'm I'm not bad at all. In fact, you know what? I'm pretty good. You know, oh. I I had a I had a really lovely uh, moment this week. For those of you guys who don't know who are listening to the yes. Notepad, um, I've just launched a new podcast called the self care project um, and you can find us in the same places where you find this podcast get that um, plug hey david we might even chuck a sneaky link in the description I'm, yeah man I'm stealing of I'm stealing the audience but congratulations um, bro thank proud you very much you, I, proud of you like the the actual launch itself for me wasn't the part that made me feel good it was more to do with I, I, I put up a bit of a post explaining why I'm doing it and, and why this is so important to me. And just the feedback that I've gotten has just been so touching and so amazing. And so for you guys great, listening, bro. I'll let you in on a little secret, which is that even though the, the show at the moment is going to be posted every couple weeks, um, I will be dropping the second episode next week because I'm, I was so excited after getting all the feedback that I just had to record another episode. So I got another one, which I'm going to be putting out next week. So basically, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate all the feedback. Um, and yeah, David, man. thank you as well for your support. Um, I'm, I can't wait to, to be doing this. And David, I want to get you on at some stage, you know, you get the band back together. <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. This will not affect my place at the Artist Notepad one bit. Don't you worry. Mm -hmm. I can't get enough of podcasting at the moment. So I will be here at the same presence. It will kind of be like a deep tan pizza, but every week. That's amazing. That sounds great. I mean, like it will definitely draw a lot of people who are are fans of the deep tan series over to your side. So I hope your pod grows. I hope, hope your vision of like really helping people who are maybe unheard or just don't have that person to kind of have to talk to or share thoughts with um yeah i hope you get to reach those people bro like really proud of you for doing this man yeah thank you man i really appreciate that yeah enough about me and my new (laughs) exploit the self-care project (laughs) but um follow us at the self-care project au on all platforms and yeah the self-care project au at (laughs) gmail.com wow you're so good at doing that now legit (laughs) I keep trying to because they both start with the, so I keep going to say the um, the artist pro, the artist project the artist network yeah. the artist notepad the artist network the artist anything. <laughs> you still do this part. It's all it's all blending into one. Also, shout out to Flatnose Joe, aka my little yes. sister, yes. for doing the amazing art for um, Jack's Absolutely. new podcast because um, she did it for the artist notepad. Now she's doing it for the self care project. She's going places, you know. She's going. And guys, if you are out there thinking about launching a podcast, or you got a small business, or anything really that needs a logo, you know, hit her up or hit us hit up if up. you don't if you don't have a content a uh, contact, and we mm. will forward you through to her because she's done some amazing yeah. work for both of us. So we're very grateful. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Love you. All right. Well, without further ado. Um, yeah. 
we sort of today in our little intro, we hinted at a little something, which probably the only person who will know what that something is. The way you make me feel. (laughs) Is Jonty, one of our loyal listeners who's been there from day one. Shout out, Jonty. He sent us a message uh, the other day asking us to give his track a a bit of a review. Mm -hmm. Um, And the track's called Not Quite Unbreakable, and he's released it under his name, Dismantle the Sky which is mm-hmm. a really cool name, by the way. Um, I think it came out early this year, like in January sometime. Sorry if I got that wrong, Jonty. But um, as a little thank you for your patronage, um, we just wanted to give you a little bit of a little bit of a mini review. And, mini um, review series. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So, David, do you want to start with your opening thoughts listening to it? You've only listened to it once. I've heard it a few more times. But yeah. what did you think? It's just, you know, Jack... The way it just the way it makes me feel, you know. <laughs> now, nah, but um, what what I was gonna say earlier, and I stopped myself before we started recording. I'm like, oh, I should save this for the pod. But the as soon as I started hearing the instrumentals of the song, like the intro portion of it, mm-hmm. I just I I shared with you before, like I'm a very visual thinker, and then the the type of imagery or the background that this would really suit is like a really chic bar scenario i don't know that's the that's the ex- exact image i got really? where like yeah yeah like the the bartender would be wearing like i don't know like a bow tie or something and to call you by so oh yeah man. yeah yeah I that kind it, of yeah. feel like and it's just playing white? yeah 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 it's just like <laughs> that's the type of image Slow that motion. i got yeah man um but yeah. it is it is very different to what my spotify playlist discover weekly might recommend me but Definitely got to appreciate um, more local, local artistry, local talent. Um, plus, it, I think it means a lot more because it it comes from a lo- loyal listener. So shout yeah, out John sure. T. Um, it's cool, man. Really cool. Um, house vibes. I know you were gonna yeah. mention that as well, but then that's the exact thought I had when I started hearing. Like, I don't really listen to much house music, but I get the feel of that as that's I hear John T's tracks. So. Floor feel, eh? Yeah, man. It's dope. Yeah. Yeah, colorful. for sure. Like, um, it's funny. So, Jonty, Amelia. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, Amelia, my girlfriend, and Jonty, one of our listeners, has they have a connection. They go to the same church. But um, Amelia actually showed me this track a, a quite some time ago because she, we we were talking about you because I'm like, oh, Jonty listens to the show, and then she was just like, you know, he makes music, and I was like, oh, really cool. And then so I checked this out, and the mm. first listen, I I was very like oh, this is really interesting, cool. And kind of like David, I'm like, oh, this isn't really what I would normally listen to, but I can appreciate this for sure. And then, Jonty, when you sent uh, when you sent us the message, I, I gave it another listen. And it's funny, a little bit similar to um, when we got Array on the show, David, who Array yeah. brought on um, right when they released their single uh, Dark Side of Summer. For me, listening to that track the first time, was very similar reaction. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. And then every time I listened to it, right. I just began to appreciate it more and more until I got to the stage mm. where I'm actually really enjoying both those songs now. So, Jonty, yeah. I think I think what the, the similarity between those two songs is that because of the sort of alternative style of them, it takes you a little bit time to get used to it. But because of how many interesting elements are in it, both musically and um, production-wise there's a lot to process. And so I've just really enjoyed unpacking it and listening to it quite a few times now. So 
as David said, the first thing I noticed was the house vibes and the production, which I thought were mm. really cool. Like I'd never really heard that sort of house vibe used in that sort of sense. I don't know about you, David. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to say was just referencing back to when we had Zion Garcia on the show, when mm. we were had this big um, topic about using your Aussie accent. Yes, like, yes. I love how I love how your Aussie accent sounds yes. in this track, and I've actually been thinking a lot about that since since Zion talked about it, and it's become mm. a lot more of a conscious thing in my head at the moment. And so, like hearing that, I was like. Yeah, cool. Like repping, like repping the Aussie accent, you know. Um, Australia. The beat, beat, when all the production is just, it's really crisp, particularly the beat, like all the the synths and the the kicks Mm. and the snare, like it just sounds really nice and well mixed, um, really, really nice and clean, kind of what you'd expect from house. Um, I, I really like what you did with the, the harmonies, the artificial ones where you pitch yourself up, particularly, I don't know whether the structure is a bit unclear to me, um, I, I, whether it's verse or like some kind of bridge section, but um, the da 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 And then it had the harmony up on the top and I really liked that. Um, mm. There's some pitch down vocals as well, some backing vocals. Those were sick. The um, na, 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 na. That was really cool too. Um yeah, like I loved what you got, what you were doing in the background. Um, in terms of like constructive mm. criticism, I've only really got one thing, and that would just be when it got to the final chorus section. Like your the production like burst out at me, and I was like, "Cool, I can feel the intensity." But maybe just for like future projects, and I'm, I'm probably nitpicking here, but if the vocal production could match the intensity of the beat in terms of that last like climactic chorus, then. Like, because your vocals did hit hard, but I felt like more could have been happening there and just like really building it up towards the mm. finale of the track. Um, I love the sample at the end as well. Get you the moon. That was that was really cool. Um, yeah. And overall, like, I just really liked it. I really liked it, man. And I, I look forward to hearing if there's more coming from you. Um, I from what I've read on this this particular track, it, it took some time to get it all together. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that you'll be working on some more stuff and maybe Maybe with a release, David, we might have uh, another potential guest for the show. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's just about it. I was just about to say that as well. I hope, hope your future music or your tracks coming out can, yeah, like if, we, if, if there's somewhere along the way you can hop on or like if there's a near date or something, then yeah, we'd love to have you on. Be dope. Absolutely. A, uh, a loyal listener coming onto the show to be part of it. That'd be That'd be pretty cool. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what uh, Simon said on the. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. It's it's what everyone. It was, it was I don't know if you got that reference because everyone says that when they go into a podcast that they get called up on. Like whenever, like a podcast is doing a phone in or a radio station, that's they always mm-hmm. say that. Just like. Oh, like first time call a oh, long time right. listener, and that's why Simon yeah, said yeah. it because it was our first episode. It was it's pretty funny. Yeah, maybe yeah. Have to be there. I don't know. Maybe funny, maybe dude. I just explain the joke when it, everyone really there. got it. Yeah, yeah okay. just stop, stop it, just stop it. Well, without further no, ado, with David, all that, with all <laughs> do you yes. want to actually start talking so, about the actual topic yeah. that we we're, we're talking about today? Um, yeah, do you want to introduce yeah, what man. we're going to be talking about? Yeah, today we're going to talking about. It's been a while since we've done a deep time series, so yeah, we'll be shifting like gears it. from like a chill app or like a laid back kind of stuff. But we're pretty used to getting into like the deep, 
side of things, like a serious Eat side of things. But yeah, pizza, pizza. But yeah, um, we're going to talking about growing up. Um, one of our listeners and a friend of the pod, they asked us a question from one of our Instagram questions and polls kind of thing. But um, they asked a very um, simple yet deep question in a sense because um, the transitions of being uh, tra- the transition of being um, an adolescent to an adult is a very major part of every human being's development or like a change a major change in like a person's growth and what they go through so the person asked like um i'll, I'll say his name because he's a friend and if he's listening then i can check that he is listening <laughs> but um he asked if the question was what are some significant changes to your mindset the question comes from tim Tim Im, shout out to Tim Im. What are some significant changes to your mindset when beginning to transition from an adolescent to an actual real adult or slowly becoming a real adult? A real life human being. A real life man of a human of a being. A real life person that's not a child. Yeah. And this is a deep tan episode. So yeah, to like you to by pizza and fits and um the way you the way it makes me feel. Na, 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 yes, na, great. Na, but um, <laughs> to reword the question, what are the significant changes to your mindset in going from an adolescent to an adult? Um, and if we have time later on, we want to talk about self-revelations of being in this COVID situation, which I think mm. is an interesting topic as well. Yeah. But, yeah. To start us off, since I am the one unpacking and sharing the questions for today, Jack, do you want do you want to have the honor of starting us off in um, answering this question? What are some sure, significant man. changes, man, that you you went through, and you yeah, in your life as a well, I grew my hair, then I shaved it off, <laughs> and I grew it out again, and then I shaved it off again, and now I just keep it pretty short. Right. That yeah. that is what a significant change. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was short, short, long, long, long. It said to it said to my mindset. I guess that's a hair mindset. Anyway, um, look, there's been a lot. I feel like I'm the sort of person who is constantly in change, and maybe that's frustrating for people around me because I'm always moving. I'm always moving from one thing to another because there's a lot happening in my head. My head is is a bit, you know, it's it's very active. It's always it's always thinking of things, whether they're new things or old things. It's always thinking always trying to process things. And I love to think deeply. And so because of that, I do, yeah, I do a lot of changing and I, I love researching ways that I can make my life better. So I feel like I've constantly been in a space of change. But David, maybe we'll sort of, maybe, I don't know, like you might have a couple, I, I probably have a few that I can pick out, but um, maybe I'll, I'll pick out a couple changes and, and I'll start with this one. So the first time I think I had a big turning point in my life was when I was in year nine. Um, so when I was in year eight, I actually got in. So I was only, what, four, 14, turning 15? Yeah. And I was actually in a seven-month relationship. So I, I was all about commitment even then. 
Um, <laughs> so and months, yeah. the difference between my relationship now and that one was that that one I stayed because I was dependent rather than I was like really truly in love, you know, mm. um, as much as a 14 year old can be in love. Um, no offense to any 14 year olds out there listening, but you know, things change. You grow up and you realize things that were important to you when you were younger weren't as important. And for some of us, maybe they stay as just as important. But for me, this was a thing that like, um, was very important to me at that age. And, and as I grow up, I realize it wasn't, although I still treasure some positive memories from that experience. But regardless, the point is, is that the relationship ended, right? Mm -hmm. And because me and this girl were in a friendship group, there were six of us. And because of that, she still wanted me to come to those things so we could hang out. She ended it and, and she wanted us to be friends so that we could continue going with the group because the group was awesome. We, we vibed a lot. Um, how many people in the group? I know it's not important, but it's just, it just helps <laughs> tell the story. There was you know, six people the in the group, three boys, three girls. Ooh, okay, um, cool. And you don't have to name them. You don't have to name them. Just, no, I'm, I won't. Yeah. I won't. But yeah, yeah. We, we all got on very well together at that time. Um, mm. And basically, like for me, I couldn't actually do what she was asking because every single time I was around her, I felt like what I'd done is basically I put all my happiness on her. Um, and so when I was around her, I, I saw... I perceived that I saw my happiness there and I just couldn't have it anymore because it didn't want me. Um, and so I was incredibly low and just being around her was really difficult and just a constant reminder of what I, what I lost. Um, and she really didn't ease up. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not proud of the person that I was then and I'm sure she isn't proud of everything that happened then either, but basically she, she would, she, this one time she just rung me up and she was like, she was like yelling at me. She was like, mm. how can you be so selfish? Like, I just want to be your friend and you won't like allow us to be friends and you're like ruining the group and stuff like that. <laughs> and like up until this point, I was like such a pushover. I was, mm. I was a simp. <laughs> 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 um and yeah <laughs> on the emotional level not not the physical yes level, but yes. um uh i i really didn't know how to stand up for myself and all i knew how to do was put other people first because i i always just wanted to i was a people pleaser and i always just wanted to make people happy and then if i did that i felt like you know, that they would hang around. And I, I had a bit of attachment issues as well. Mm. Um, and this was like one of the first times in my life where I really stood up for myself. And I really put my foot down and I said like, no, like you can't talk to me like that. Like you of all people should know how difficult this is for me. Like you spent seven months with me, you know, like that I struggled with my mental, with my mental health. And like, I'm sick and tired of you, you treating me like this. And so I, yeah, I ducked out of there and mm. um, I made a decision that day and that decision has since been far, like it's been completely reformed and we touched on this. We just did a live stream beforehand. I don't know if, I think we touched on that before, but we just did a live stream before recording this. And um, that was when I had what I, at the time I would have called an epiphany, a sudden moment of realization, like spiritual awakening almost. And at that time, I perceived my epiphany to be that my happiness had to come first before everything else. And my logic behind this was, if I was happy, like anything could go wrong and I'd still be okay. Because like, 
if if something horrible happened to me and and I was still happy at the end of it, then did it really matter? Because I was still happy. And if everyone could still be happy, would it really matter if these bad things were happening? Because we'd still be happy, we'd still be satisfied, we'd still be content with our lives. And so I thought happiness was the goal. And like I was 15, so I didn't know much better. But, and I know, sorry, there's a plane going over, I'll just wait. So does it sound like a big plane or a small plane? It sounds like a big plane, man. It's a big boy. Jumbo. It's it's getting it's getting close, David. David's <laughs> getting really close. <laughs> okay, where was yeah. that? <laughs> um, okay, the plane's gone. Um, so what? Uh, Fifteen-year-old epiphany. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I at the time I thought happiness was just the the end goal for everyone, and I know plenty of people who still still see it that way. Um, even though they're a lot older than than I am, mm. and Personally, I think they're missing the point. And um, if you want to hear more about that, then head on over to the Self Care Project, where we're going to do a whole podcast just dedicated to. Hey, happiness. you get one plug per episode. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I heard, actually, heard. Sorry, I, I didn't get to say this, and sorry to interrupt you, but I actually really enjoyed the episode as well. You talked about um, what does self care mean, and then you talk talk about the trifecta or the three kind of thing. But yeah, it was pretty insightful and i thank think you, i got something out of it as well so yeah keep it up brother thank you but bro. on that, that note keep going rolling <laughs> yeah, yeah. so going. I, i'm almost finished sorry this yeah. i've gone on my soap soapbox again um yeah, you love that soapbox <laughs> i love a good yarn um so this was a moment when i realized in my life that i was putting myself always last and so i did the opposite really and I went to put myself first wherever possible. And that didn't mean mean all the time, but it just meant like to start treating myself better. Um, And kind of how I was alluding to in that, in that episode, sorry, last time I referenced it in the self-care episode, when I'm talking about like treating yourself too positively can, can do the opposite effect sometimes. And I was kind of doing Mm. that in a way, but I also still heavily resented myself. So even though I was trying to treat myself better, like, I'd had a lot of resentment for myself and also for those around me because I blamed people for the position that I was in, regardless of whether it was their fault or not. It was just really toxic. Um, And so for me, that was a big transition um, kind of into adolescenthood, I would say. That was when I fully became a fully-fledged adolescent at at the age of 15. I wasn't an adult, but an adolescent properly at that stage. And yeah, David, I want to chuck it over to you because... The second transition kind of finishes off that story um, of the what I perceive to be probably the two biggest um, learning points for me in my transition from from boy to man. Yeah. So, what about you? It's interesting that you. Thanks for sharing, by the way. But um, it's interesting that you went from being a child to like the process of or like how you reach adolescence and the things that you thought about at that time. And I guess like I'll I'll do the same thing. So. It flows nicely. But I think for myself, I can't pinpoint a time in which, like maybe I can say that a peak of adolescence, because I feel like adolescence is um, defined by like the uncertainty 
of being who you are and your identity and like what what your purpose is and like mm, you start to sure. bring questions of like what what am i supposed to do uh, who am i what am i for exactly <laughs> um but um i think maybe it's around a similar time i think i can identify the beginning of my adolescence when i started to show a lot more signs of like uh rebellion and i think it reflected in um my school reports and stuff so like in year right. seven in year seven i was believe it or not in the top top class or the second top class because of how i did in primary school but even in primary school i was getting up to no good here and there but my marks were okay so um shout out to arthur philip not the best school to shout out but it's ranked from memory ranked like very very low in terms of a time well, it doesn't matter but yeah um and then yeah so from e7 it was top top two and then from the start of e8 i went to the bottom bottom class bottom second second bottom second wow. bottom class but it was a big move and i think a lot changed from there because my sphere and um circle of friends changed a lot keep in mind arthur philip is a very multicultural school i think um we were on the like local newspaper for being one of the most diverse high schools in like the area or something like hundred and like hundred plus different nationalities and different wow. places so i was exposed to a lot of different type of people and i made friends with a lot of different type of people but with that influence and like that sphere and that that diversity entailed a lot of bad influences as well so i learned to not be not be put down by kids and like i think i was very aggressive as a child and it was yeah so with that aggression of like trying to show my masculinity by not being put down by any other guy i got into a lot of fights if someone said your mom or something the initial reaction would be like say it again no say it again and then if they did say it again then on the second time you had to react to show like oh you can't mess with david and unless like, they were really big and then you just keep saying say it again because <laughs> you, you do <laughs> nah actually I, I, I had a lot of balls as a kid so even if it was he if it was a dude twice my size i would at least slap like the crap out of him or yeah i'll still get physical but that's not the point so I think I think adolescence started for me when like around that time when yeah I was just uncertain and I started to experiment with a lot of taboo things so I, I started smoking and drinking at the age of like 13 14 um and then that led to like smoking weed that led to um heavier things like pills and then like I tried acid and LSD and stuff like that I didn't touch like um really heavy stuff but I think that was what I kind of got into. So, yeah. And then I think mm -hmm. it was the beginning and the habits of um, seeing and then identifying myself with my um, circle of friends and drug habits um, or like, yeah, being under the influence of something. And I think what that entails now looking back in hindsight is just a lot of numbing because in the moment of while, while you're high and when you're under the influence of something, you're not thinking as much and you're not really like definitely probably affected my development as a human being, 
as a person, like um, just my brain and my body as well. But at the same time, I think I cut out a lot of thinking. But yeah, it's it's a it was a very interesting time. I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, I, one of sorry, I just have a quick question yeah. because like I've I've heard you tell this a few times, and mm. I. Last time you, t- I think it was last time you told me this story. I actually asked you, I said, it was when we were out with Luke and I actually made by who shout out. And I actually mm. said, um, do you regret like the way you were acted? And you, and I expected you to say yes, but you said no. Mm. And I want to ask you like, so when I've done stuff like bad things in my past, which I'm not proud of, like mm. I, even though I wouldn't change them, like, because I, I think that they've helped shape the person I am, I, mm. I do carry regret and I do carry a level of shame. Mm. When I hear you talk about these things that you would be the first one to say were mistakes, mm-hmm. um, you you don't seem to carry a level of shame about those experiences. Did that is that something that has always just been like that for you or has that been a process of growth for you to... Maybe I'm maybe I'm jumping ahead to like the latter stage of your yeah, development. Kind of, yeah. but I was just I was just wondering if it is, then feel free to answer that question later on. But I just I'm just curious whether that's like something you've had to work on, or whether you've just naturally had that ability to not be not beat yourself up over it. I think a bit of both. Like it, it definitely like later on when I share a bit more on like the um, transition from being an adolescent to um, being adult, um, yeah, it, my the way in thinking and my whole worldview and my perception of like life and my own identity changed heaps, so that all the past mistakes weren't significant anymore. But I think I always had a sense of um, in the moment, really reflecting on what I did wrong and getting that sense of like you feel guilt when you do something wrong, right? And you look at the people and the surroundings that you affect by your actions. And I was always able to see that because growing up with Asian or Korean parents, um, they make make sure you know and understand what you did (laughs) wrong. And um, from primary school, getting in detention for getting into fights or trying to jig. I remember the earliest memory of me jigging school was in like third grade. There was an IGA across the road and we were like, hey, do you want to go buy some chips? And then we (laughs) snuck out during like recess and came back in like five minutes, but we thought we were rebels and then we got caught and got in trouble. But like even from those little mistakes that um, went bigger and bigger until I got expelled from school. It's a slippery slope, man. Yeah. So kids, if you're listening out there, one minute Gateway. you're t- buying some chips from IGA at recess, the next minute you're taking LSD. It's like that. It's just overnight. And you, but you see some crazy things on LSD. But anyway, um, yeah. So I think I, I was always um, very self-aware, but also aware of how I affect my surroundings. But it because I'm quick to think about that, it, it helped me move past it real quick and really learn from what I did wrong. But obviously I didn't. Because it's like, I think it was more so how do I do things so that I can hide it better or it it was more a twisted way of thinking. But later on, I found out there's some things that you just can't hide and I had to learn with a very big wake up call later later on down the track. But 
One thing I want to like, I think even like point towards or like direct this conversation is um, relationships as well. Because I think development yeah. as like an identity and who we think we are as human beings, that's a part of going from an adolescent to um, an adult. But hearing your hearing your side of the story and how you started things, I think an interesting thing is how we view relationships as well from an adolescent sure, to sure. Um, an adult. And yeah, um, I'll, I want to pass the mic, but the last thing I want to just say, like on the note of like now talking about relationships is I think friends were everything for me. Like friends were above mm. my family. Friends were above like anything else because I thought they were basically my family and they understood me best and they would accept me no matter what. And sure. like, they're my ride or die. Like you will stay loyal yeah. till you die kind of type of mentality, like yeah, brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you say you had a friend of like six, um, six people, including yourself, three boys, three girls. Um, we had, I think during like 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, around that time, I had, a group of maybe 15 boys and then they might right. some some of us might have girlfriends so like a bit more people but that was like my we called it what we called it like the wolf pack <laughs> <laughs> and we called it wpf wolf pack fridays because we got lit every wow. fridays um after school and we looked forward to that friday every week because it's like oh yeah you're coming down blah blah i'll see you there blah blah, blah. um but yeah it, that reality or that friendship circle that meant life for me um quickly came wolf pack friday yeah man so shout out to wpf <laughs> that's like so uh, cliche but <sighs> we thought it was so gangster it's basically like uh yeah so funny but yeah 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 maybe we'll tap it's funny into... you didn't bring this up when we were talking about masculinity <laughs> yeah i mean because it's such a big big topic i don't know if it was needed sure, and i sure. didn't really think yeah, about yeah, it yeah. yeah that's funny man it's pretty funny bro oh fuck oh fuck wpf yeah <laughs> is is it is a mic on the mic i pass the mic to you okay thank you yeah. very much uh so it's interesting relationships because i would say that my all of my relationships were defined by at that time, by my relationship with myself. And I would say it is still true to a level. I think it's true for everyone to a level, but nowhere near to the extent that it was. Um, my relationships are still, there is still a lot of it that comes from like how I am with myself, but a lot of it comes from like trust in others as well and letting my relationship be authentic to who I am and who the other person is. If I would ever feel that... Um, that someone was being inauthentic with me. It wouldn't really matter how how much they did for me as a friend. I just don't think I would be interested in it because my relationships now, if I have a relationship with you, I like if I'm close friends or like actually dating as I am, then I want that to be truly meaningful. I don't want it to just be throwaway, you know. Otherwise, I don't know. Otherwise, it's like it's it's important for not every relationship in your life to be an intense one, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I view things a little bit more differently now. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So where where was I? So basically, um, leading on from there, going into year ten, uh, I I struggled a lot after that relationship ended, but 
I had made a conscious decision that I wanted to improve as opposed to when like from the ages 13 to 15, I didn't actually have a will to improve. Um, I, it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't suffered with mental illness, but plenty of us go through this. We go through a period of time where like we're comfortable in our suffering and it, it almost feels good to be able to show on the outside how we're feeling and almost be like stubborn in it. It's like, Mm. yes, I'm depressed or yes, I'm very anxious or yes, I've got an eating disorder or yes, blah, 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 blah. It's like this one thing that's like you can have and no one else can, can take it away from you. Um, it also brings attention, which for me, quite an attention seeking kid up until, as I said, I became an adolescent, which I still was a bit attention seeking, but far less. It, It brought attention in that respect. And it's something that I'm pretty pretty deeply ashamed of to be honest um but that that was that and then growing up I started to form beliefs in my head about everything I sort of started educating myself about life by my words and pretty much my words only if I was to hear others I would filter everything through a lens of what do I want to be true and then I would just take what was convenient to me and just discard the rest um I pushed away my family a lot um, because I felt like they didn't understand and I felt like they didn't help me. And I, I've done that a lot and I still have a big issue with feeling misunderstood a lot of the time, Mm. Um, which I think we sort of touched on with our episode with Mesa. Like I think part of the reason why I love podcasts so much is because I have time to express myself in a way that I feel like I can be fully understood as opposed to just in a short exchange where I'll come away and think, oh, what if they thought this? What if I thought that? And not only do I get to talk for like half an hour with you talking the other half an hour, I then get to edit it and listen to it and sort of like proofread everything I say or proof listen to everything I say to make sure it comes across the way that I want it to sound. Right. And there's almost a sense of security in knowing that my voice will be heard in the way that I want it to be heard. I know it's pretty crazy, but that's I'm quite self-conscious about that sometimes. Um, so... Leading on, yeah, in terms of big changes that happened, I guess nothing that big happened until, like, big events happened in my life. But in terms of big changes in mindset, nothing really happened until after I was officially an adult, um, officially 18. Mm. And going to uni for me was just a big, as I think I've touched on it before, a big fresh start, which was amazing for me because, like, socially, school ended really badly. And... Yeah, I touched it. I touched on it on the on the the live, the live we just did, but yeah. the live stream. Sorry, but for me, a massive change in mentality for me was when I didn't get my didn't get a promotion that I was up for. Mm. I was at, I was working at a venue, and I was only twenty one at the time. I think yeah, twenty one at the time, and I got offered a promotion into a managerial position. Um, mm. Basically, my my boss just called me one day and said, what are your plans next year? And I was like, nothing. And he was just like, how do you feel like about taking over my position? And it felt like everything was going to go through sort of all my plans for the next few years seemed to be like perfect. Like got a steady income, like a big jump in salary. I'm working in the industry and I'm like a manager at a venue already. Like even if I decide to leave, it'll look great on my resume and all this stuff. I felt like I just t- taken a massive step forward into 
into my career and I hadn't even finished my degree yet. And this was something I was sort of thinking about recently, which is quite funny. Like it was shattering when that all fell through and it did. It basically the deal fell through and mm. not only did I not get the promotion, but I lost my job because the whole venue shut down. So I went from thinking I was gaining something to not only not gaining it, but losing. Mm. Um, and it was shattering. But the funny thing is like thinking back, like, yes, losing my job was tough, but I, I literally, at that time, I felt like, what am I even doing? Mm. Like, I can't even get a job. I'm not going to get hired. And like thinking back, I, it only just really clicked the other day. I hadn't even finished my degree yet. <laughs> and I was already like, I can't even get a job. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really funny thinking back, mm. but I, it that's how much it hurt. You know, like mm. it, it felt like I had really failed. And to be honest, it had just sort of brought back a lot of the feelings that I'd never fully dealt with during that period of growing up after my epiphany that was with quotation marks for those of you who can't no, I see, um, see, I see podcast you. <laughs> <laughs> um i i i sort of did a lot of uh suppression and there's still stuff within me now that's coming up from that period of time which i shut down um completely suppressed a lot of things um and i it sort of all came crashing down around me because i sort of realized it's, it helped me see through the fact that chasing happiness had gotten me nowhere um, and that happiness was really not the goal at all. The goal was something more and I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew that there was something more than happiness that I was missing. Um, and then I had a bunch of wonderful experiences in my life through uh, some service acts of service that I was fortunate enough to get involved with. And my perspective completely flipped to needing to find meaning, needing to find some kind of purpose in my life and what, what I was really going for. Something more meaningful than just passion, because passion can only take you so far um, and passion will fade. As I found with music, like I don't have the same passion for making music as I used to. It just isn't there like it used to be. Mm. But replaced by that has come other passions, you know, and so passions can move and change but the truth that i'm trying to that i've had glimpses of and i think everyone's had it in their life that had these glimpses of these like moments of these glimpses of enlightenment mm. um like whether that's god for for those of us who believe that there's a god whether that's some other spiritual being for who like wh whatever it is i think I think almost everyone has had an experience where it felt like they've sort of just brushed by something really profound. Um, like an aha moment or like a yeah, epiphany yeah. that you but like, said earlier. Yeah, yeah, more like an epiphany. Hey, like for me, I realized that my epiphany was false and it, was, it wasn't completely true. However, it got me through a really tough patch and it got me to a stage where I could start really rebuilding. Mm. Um and I don't think I would have been old enough at 15 to be able to start gunning for where I'm gunning for now. I think it would just would have been too much for my adolescent mind to comprehend. Yeah. But I think this year, I feel like I've really grown into adulthood, like um, especially with the virus, like, and we'll get into that more, but like putting me in a place where I've been forced to think about what's truly important to me and having certain parts of my life be stripped away by force has allowed me to see what's important and what's really not and it's exciting you know it's scary as hell because i feel like if 
if this is, if I am about to embark on a destiny, like a new page in the chapter of my life, that's that's pretty um, anxiety provoking, but mm. it's also exciting. And mm. it's really hard to put into words. Hey, I just feel like, I feel like I've, my whole life I've had a, an urge to be a leader, but it was only until this year where I think I really discovered what it meant to be one. Mm. It's not about power. It's about actually serving. Mm. Like, it's kind of funny. It's almost like it sounds paradoxical that you'd be the leader and yet you're the one serving, but that's exactly what it is. And Mm. I don't see myself as a leader all the time, but I see some characteristics of mine coming into play in terms of leadership. And I think everyone has those things. I think everyone leads in their own way. Mm. Um, but I just think that things in my life are beginning to click and it's it's a long road and I've got so much to go, but I feel like I've stepped into the rest of my life now. Um, and I feel like I've sort of steadied the ship and I'm, I'm, I'm aiming in the right direction, I hope. And I'm sure I'll go through experiences in my life and I'll be like, I had it completely wrong, but... <laughs> I, I think that the way that I'm viewing it now is a much more mature and adult-like way. That's awesome. And I'm not just thinking about what's going to make me happy now, I guess. I'm thinking about the the long game. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, that's... It's very vague. I hope, I hope people can connect with what I'm saying. Mm. But um, David, maybe you'll say something that will sort of connect the dots that I've sort of thrown out <laughs> yeah no but i think i think people can definitely resonate with what you're saying so to continue on in on on just like my journey of viewing relationships and then um i think we're jumping back and forth with like um you touched upon happiness and like identity and life's purpose and then um now seeing yourself as someone who's uh yeah, like assessing yourself, you see a sense of maturity and like um, an adult shape um, taking form and you have a clear clearer view and an idea of like where this ship is really sailing and which direction you want to sail. Um, I think for me, I always had the question because I was brought up in a Christian family, had very good basis of like like Christian morals and teachings from a very young age. It's just that from a, from the start of adolescence, I think I was challenged with the view of there's no such thing as a half-assed Christian. And I think that stuck Mm. with me for the longest time because when I looked at my actions and what I really did and what I viewed to be, you know, like living as a selfish, um, developing human being you can only think about your own good or people that you care about and your scope of like your world is very narrow and small and yeah what you perceive to be the world is very small like um but yeah in saying that um i think when 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 i understood that you're either a christian or you're not i think i stuck to i'm not a christian then because I could see how my doubts and what I really think about the church and like the um, why I was going and the, like when I looked at ABC, it, it showed that, yeah, maybe I'm not really a Christian. 
maybe I think there's something of a higher power that's up there, but I'm not convinced that the God of the Bible is my God or is the God that I put my complete trust in. And in doing that, I feel like this goes to my testimony, but the way I describe this, I think entails like my view in things quite well is that I felt like God had a super strong rope that he attached to my body, but this rope was super, super long, like extremely long. And the image that I want to draw and the image that I see in this life of adolescence, that six, seven years that I had was, um, I roamed freely with that rope attached to me. So he attached that rope, one on my end and one on him. And he said, you know, like, go for it. Like you see this field, like go discover things, go find out things, go make mistakes, go fall over and figure out for yourself what you've believed to be right. But at the end of the day, there is a limit to how long this rope is. And I reached the end of the rope when I hit 17, 18 or like that, that whole time from 13 to 17, I think I always thought and had conversations with my mates who some of my closest friends all the time, like the weeds topic talks is a lot of conspiracy theories or just deep DNM kind of things of like, why do you think we exist? And like, oh, why, why do you, what do you want? What do you want to do after high school? And like, um, you know, like, where do you see yourself? And like, what makes you happy? And like, oh, did you ask that girl out? Or like, oh, how's that relationship going? Or whatever, right? And I think- Wolfpack, Wolfpack, Wolfpack DNMs. (laughs) (laughs) Now, but shout out to all the boys. But we're really quite sensitive. (laughs) We're tough on the outside, but we still talk about feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but uh, <laughs> go mad love for those boys. Shout out if anyone of you guys are listening. But um, yeah, so um, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, um, my view on relationships, <laughs> my view on relationships, um, I'm, I was a very right, much a ride or die type of person. And I ranked my view on like importance of like putting my friends before family and then putting my family before this God figure. And that flipped the other way around when I hit that end of adolescence. But I think um, because your scope of the world is very small, as I said earlier, it's like, I think the way I kind of tried to base my future or adulthood was based off my relationships at that time, as immature as that sounds. So I think my goals of- What kind of relationships? All of them? All the ones that I could see like, oh, I could be friends and mates with this guy for the rest of my life. And we're going to have kids and we're going to make them become mates. And like, we're going to, you know, be neighbors and that kind of, that kind of idea. And like, we looked way ahead and it's like, oh, this is when we'll get married. This is where we'll, you know, this is what we'll do for together or with some of them. So like, I think not all, not 15 boys (laughs) in one house and we live in a mansion (laughs) together, but Uh, that's a bit, yeah, that's a bit too much. But um, like the fair, the Wolfpack, Wolfpack, we love each other so much. We actually got married. Looking back at it now, our kids are adopted, but we love them like they're our own. What? 
adoption anyways before jack rudely interrupted um yeah like it's such such um foolish short-term goals i legit for the longest time i thought after getting out of high school i thought i was just gonna be a drug dealer and we'll make quick and easy money and make rap music and just live for the moment type of thing and i think the with the increase of drugs and taking substances um that was getting more and more solid because of my circle of friends and um influence was all pointing to that direction um because i started becoming like very arrogant in my thinking and started to think um i was something when i really wasn't and started viewing relationships more transactionally where you have to gain my respect in order for me to yeah, open up yeah, to yeah. you or like like for that. me to show you respect you got to earn it and when we had new members of WPF join I'd be like who the who the heck is that who brought that guy kind of thing or like I don't know like um 17 year old arrogant kid because you're hanging out in Stratfield and you become friends with people who might be gang affiliated or something that you think you're like you're, you think you're the shit for some reason and you get like you dress in all black and you don't smile much and if someone stares at you for too long you think like oh what are you looking at bro that i was that kind of kid you know and yeah man it's so hard to imagine i know i said it to you before but it's just like you're such a teddy bear. Like, I can't imagine you, like, being... Yeah, I don't know, tough. man. I can't do that anymore. But the funniest thing, like, uh, if I if any, any if I get to see or meet people face-to-face, -face, um, I show IDs, I, my ID photos of when I'm 18. So when I just became a Christian to the transition to who I am yeah. now, and I get to, <laughs> you get to see my face smiles and brightens up each time that I, <laughs> like, grow up um, walking with with the lord but anyways um yeah so uh, i lost my train of thought but um oh yeah you were just saying like if people like how tough you were and i was just like i can't imagine you being like that yeah so i think relationship wise i think i changed drastically once i made that not i made that but i transitioned to being a full-fledged christian and i say that with confidence now but yeah. When that scope of like, when I was saying that rope analogy and I hit that end of the rope was when God started to pull that rope back. And that was a point where I kind of hit rock bottom and I wasn't feeling that tug from God, but then I could, once I kind of saw that, you know, like there, sh there must be another way out of this or there should be an answer out of this. I think I started to feel that tug, but once I started not resisting that tug, but started walking towards it and found God, um, my view of relationships changed drastically. Like I was humbled to the point where I understood that life is bigger than myself and that relationships and how I can be a friend or be someone to someone like meant a lot more to me than me expressing um, my character over someone if that makes sense. So it, it yeah, means more for, sure. for me when I can be a friend and like be, be someone for someone in that moment. It doesn't matter if they don't get to see how cool I am or if they don't get to like me or whatever. I think the 
goal of me being getting to know people and um, making friendships and relationships is now to be a witness for for Christ and let the good news be known. But yeah, so that was a huge, I think, a drastic change from an adolescent to adulthood is my view in relationships. Every person that I encounter, that's why I love working at cafes is because I see it as like, um, I said this um, a few times during this week, but I see it like a five-minute therapy session where I give them drugs and they tell me something about their life. And the longer they come for as like a loyal customer, the more I get to find out about that person. And they always return and the for more drugs. You get yeah, to exactly. Them. I'm like, are you on a double shot today, Ronnie? And he's like, no, no, mate, it's all good. And then, yeah, anyways. Um, awesome, man. Do you think that like that, um, the, do you think that the reason why you felt, the need to challenge people less was because you felt more secure in the person you were as well? For sure. Cause I think with that came like with me meeting God, I found my identity. Um, I found my purpose and I think a lot more confidence came so that I didn't have to build an image for myself to be confident in who I am because I understood mm-hmm. who I am. So yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have to show it through the exterior of like my masculinity and like being tough guy or being strong or being cool. It was more like, this is who I am. You like me? That's cool. You don't like me? That's cool too. Like, but let's be friends if you like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But yeah. 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 I rambled on enough. I reckon I talked a bit too long, I think. So I'll pass the mic back to you, my friend. And maybe you can wrap up in terms of, relationships or yeah. and then i don't know where else we could tap in i guess identity i, I think and, like just to finish up yeah. on relationships with me like i have left out obviously a very important relationship which is amelia um like it's been five and a bit five and a bit years um wow almost five and a half i think um wow yeah five and a half next next month i think um and I think that has I think that that has had a massive impact on the person I am as well. I think that she has helped me grow so much and always having someone there has allowed me to sort of take leaps of faith here and there, mm. like risk risk certain changes in my life and know that I'll always have that constant there for me mm. um, whenever I need it. So guys, um Something crazy just happened um, and you probably would have just heard some weird transition. Maybe I'll put in a little effect. Well, if I did, you already would have heard it. But um, David just had some... a really cool effect. (laughs) David just had some tech issues. So what it's meant is that we've had to have slightly lesser quality for the first um, pretty much all of the episode because... (laughs) Because uh, <laughs> we had some had some issues on David's end, but we didn't want to redo yes. it because we were really happy with how the you know how David and I were like connecting, you know. It was so organic, dude. On like a spiritual, you know? like this was like a podcast utopia, <laughs> bro. I felt like we were both like sitting in our root chakras, and I just yeah. the steep prana was just flowing through me straight into you and back. I just felt your vibrations from your house to my house. Like, did you feel that? 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's stop this hippie business. All right, so I fi- I was just talking before mm-hmm. we got cut mm-hmm. off um, by yeah. technology. I've I've been lucky enough to basically always have a well, not always, but for the last five and a half years, I've I've been wearing a life vest, which has allowed me to make jumps that maybe I wouldn't make without it, and just trust that I'll be safe because Amelia has been there, and so. Um, Kind of been my safety net, and I've always been able to shout fall back out on to her. Amelia. Shout out, shh, shh, don't tell anyone, but shout out, um, shout out, Amelia. You, day one, you're dope. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you shout do out, boo boo. Keep going. Hey, you just do you. Okay, you're doing great. Yeah. So like, that's that relationship has helped me grow as a person, and I've also had the privilege of being part of her growth as well. And so we've sort of helped each other grow, and yeah. So like. F- in terms of who I am at the moment, like she, I think, like, has helped me be the most compassionate version of myself because she's shown me, I think she's shown me what true compassion is. And that's not just towards me. That's just the mm. sort of person she is. So, um, yeah, like, I, I, I'm still, I guess, dependent on, on her as a relationship, but in a different way, in a more healthy way. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I guess... I guess there's not much more that I can say than the biggest changes in my life have not actually come from the biggest events. They've come from little things and they've just been slight shifts in the way that I see the world. And because of the the change in the way I see it, it changes the way I act. Similarly, similarly to what you said, David, about um, feeling more confident in yourself and so that you you felt like you could act in a different way, like that relationship with you changed and so the relationship with the world changed. Well, for me, it's... Yeah, that that, and I think for most people, it's just constant changes in both those departments have changed in either direction. Um, mm. So yeah, that's that's kind of it for me. I, I feel I feel like I am an adult, um, and I feel like I am a man, and I, I I I would really push back if anyone tried to treat me otherwise. Um, I have enough confidence in my status as a human being that if someone was treating me in a way that undermined that then i i would definitely push back not in like a you know confrontational way necessarily but just right um because i legit had an image of you like pushing back with two hands like <laughs> say what'd you say mate Wolfgang. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah. If i know what you're saying yep. yeah and and i think that level of confidence has uh allowed me to do some some cooler things now where I'm happier with, with where mm. I am as a person. Um, and yeah, I feel, feel more secure in, in myself as well, for sure. Mm. I think also the humility to acknowledge how little I've done and how far I've got to go, but not in a way that's like overly critical, like how I used to do it. Um, you know, I used to just basically be horrible to myself and be like, you've done nothing. Mm. What are you doing? Like you've done nothing, go out and do something because you, you've got nothing to say for yourself. You've done like nothing at all. And it would just be like so like abusive towards myself. Now it's like I'm getting to the point where I can start to say, hey, like you don't know everything and always keep that in mind because if you if you forget that, then you're just going to get yourself into trouble. Um, but what you do know will allow you to use your gifts for for the positive, for yeah, positive change. Um, and... Yeah, acknowledging like where I am in terms of like 
got a lot of growth to do, but that I've done a lot of growth as well. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's one of the healthiest places that I've been in my life, despite still having struggles with my mental health. I think in terms of my placement, I feel like mm. I'm in a good position to springboard into the future. That's awesome. That's a good end note as well, buddy. We didn't Sorry. really talk about COVID, but I suppose that what I just said, or everything that I just said, kind of has really matured through the period of COVID, just having to stay by myself and like think these things over and having a right. bit of existential anxiety, which is the next episode on the self-care project. Don't tell anyone. And n- like being stuck, <laughs> being stuck where I am and like yeah. not knowing where I'm going with my life. And that has allowed me to actually do a lot of growing and figuring some of these things out a little bit more clearly. I don't know if there's any like small changes that have happened for you and your mentality, David, during this uh, pandemic. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I'm not sure if I already talked about it in, at the start of the episode or maybe in the live stream, but um, I've really got to, I think it was a live stream. I really got to realize that I'm definitely a person who needs people around me to be thriving. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm good with, I think another side that I got to reflect and see um, is I'm okay being alone, but not for too long because I'm a people person and I do a lot better in the environment where I'm surrounded with people. Like I was just sharing in the... Um, live stream that even if I have a really tough day, a long day and I'm exhausted, I might have like four hours sleep or something. As soon as I'm in a room full of people that I care and love, uh, care about and love, um, it feels like I, like my energy's levels are back yeah, through the roof. For sure. And yeah. I think um, that, ch- that change came from that transition of adolescence to adulthood because my worldview identity purpose and like confidence in my um self and who i am came right at the entrance of adulthood and what that entailed um Mm. yeah it it really um shapes and um showed who i am today and i think i'm a lot more time to reflect on things because of the amount of um time alone um i think it was healthy for me because I still got a balance of um, speaking with you each week, but also very fortunate to be serving and helping in the church, um, catching up with loved ones and spending intentional time with family. Um, It seems like you've done a lot of work on your family during this break. Yeah, man, heaps. I think that's one thing I'm really grateful for is there's been a lot of healing and progress in terms of um, family particularly so. like with your dad like you're telling me about some of the conversations yeah. you've had with him which sound like yeah, you're bro. making great progress heaps of progress i think in my life right now the one of the most difficult relationships i have is with my dad but we are miles kilometers whatever distance you want to use depending on where you're listening in the, in the world mostly aussies but um, we've made so much progress from where we started. Um, he didn't exist in my adolescent age. Like, yeah, yeah he really didn't. Um, a, he, he wasn't interested or he didn't know how to show that interest. That's a better way to put it. Um, and I thought he could never understand. And 
yeah, it was kind of like that. But where we are today is very much better. But yeah, we still yeah. we still have our days, and we're still working on it. We're still growing. Mm. So mm. I th- yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge that like a lot of what we've said comes from just basic stuff that happened when growing up for a lot of us, whether that is, you know, having difficulties with family relationships, like a lot of people going into their adolescence where they naturally start to put more emphasis on what their mates think than what their family thinks and what anyone thinks apart from just their mates. And like, um, David, you said that for me, it was exactly the same. Um, And as well as that, just, just growing up and maturing like i actually said this to to amelia today i I said like you know one of the things i'm going to really struggle about when i become a dad is like understanding that kids are meant to be immature (laughs) because like because like i'll just be like looking at my kids and be like why are you so Uh, immature like you're so like you know you're so full of it and it's just like they're kids you know that's dad i'm i'm 12 (laughs) (laughs) be a man (laughs) Wolf Brock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like I I need to just uh, I guess acknowledge that both when it comes to being a dad but also when it comes to me growing up like just acknowledge that like yes I didn't have all the answers and no one's supposed to at that age you know it's very natural to grow up and then sort of figure out things that you wish you maybe had done more of or done less of as as an adolescent or as a kid and for all of us and for all of you guys out there listening like don't be too hard on yourself in terms of your transition um from child to adolescent to adult no matter where you are in that stage i mean i think we're always becoming an adult i think um no matter how old we are we're still like becoming the the full version of ourselves we're still evolving so and if you're if you've stopped evolving then that's probably what that that's bad we should always be growing in little ways um so with that being said i guess thank you for the question what was his name again sorry david tim im shout out to you a member of wpf timothy thank you very much (laughs) for for that question and thank you for everyone who tuned in for the for the live stream and all the questions that got sent in and answered during the live stream much love much love to you david we'll be back next week with another episode of tan artistry and we've got a we've got a another guest coming on yeah yeah phenomenal phenomenal guests Amazing almost guests. almost extraterrestrial it's so like out of this world yeah yeah you might as well call them et you know you might Just, as well yeah might as well <laughs> it's uh that's a good ending that's All a right. good ending though but yeah sorry for the sound issues at least you finished with a nice crisp sounding david david just give him some crispiness crisp hold up hold up Crisp. That was beautiful, right in my ears. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's it, guys. Um, go home. Go 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 to bed now. <laughs> I'm sure going to. That's that's for sure. Yeah, guys, thank mm. you for tuning in. Um, it's been very relaxed. It's almost been tan and chill in nature, but but we've still been eating our deep tan pizza. Hope you guys enjoyed. Every last bite of it, even the crust. Especially the crust. That's where the deep tan is 
accentuated. That's where the tan goes to the tan bit and gets the tan. Yep. Yep. <sighs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next episode where we talk to a phenomenal artists. Until then, peace. Peace.